Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Warwoodell, I'm back, and I'm joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? I was going to say, welcome back, buddy. It's been, Thank you. It's been far too long since, since I got to hear your voice uh, on a podcast with me. A yeah. whole 14 days. <laughs> yeah, just completely ridiculous. Plus, I'm, I'm getting a little sick right now, and the positive to me getting sick is I have a, a grown-up boy voice. Which is which is nice for podcasting. I know it. It just flows uh, very smoothly. Nothing, no issues there. So that's cool. Yeah, you know. Other as opposed to the startled fourteen-year-old girl voice that I have in most other weeks. Um, by the way, <laughs> thank you to uh, thank you to Matt and uh, thank you to Zed for coming on the show last week. Uh, when I heard. That, you know, from you that you wanted to do the show uh, with me taking the week off, first of all, a little bit insulted. But other than that, I started thinking, all right, what am I going to do here? So I opened up my phone. I texted my boy Zed and I was like, (laughs) look, man, these guys don't know what they're doing. They have no idea how to do a podcast. And I know you can chop it up with sports. So I need you to do me a favor. And just do this show with him. I know you don't want to. I know it's going to be a pain in the ass, but do it. And he was just like, I got you, brother. So, <laughs> so I let the show go on. Well, I appreciate your allowance to do it. That is uh, very key. It, yeah, it was, it was an interesting. We, we were much more sports-oriented than I ever expected. We did hit Macron bingo a few times, though. Yeah, I'm only so. here to talk about Kevin James this week. I mean, that's what I figured. I, I thought I need. I, I was waiting for your review of the Sean Payton movie. Oh, well, you, uh, you will never get that. Although I can take a guess on how <laughs> I'm going to feel about it. Uh, terrible. Yeah. It was bad. It was a bad movie. Yeah, that's that's not surprising. That's not surprising in any way. Yeah. Well, I listened to. Uh, <clears throat> I intended to listen to more, but I probably listened to the first twenty minutes before I got distracted and had to move on to something else. I look. I enjoyed it. I thought you guys did a nice job. I too was surprised that there was as much sports talk as there was. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. It's a sports it. show, goddammit. You guys did a great job. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, That's why I'm here this week announcing my retirement. <laughs> well, let's not do that. Because uh, as fun as that experiment was, I most certainly, I most certainly am glad to have you back uh, oh, in you. the driver's seat. I, it, it, it's, it, it's a hard job to try to run the show and keep everything on point. So... I'd much rather be in the position I'm in right now. Yeah. Well, that's why I had Zed here. He was in charge of everything. He was keeping <laughs> keeping the trains running on time. I mean, he actually legitimately was like texting me. He's like, all right, I'm perusing these headlines and this stuff. And I was like, buddy, like, dude, you can prepare all you want. Who knows if you're going to get this in? When I ended the <laughs> show after, he's like, he's like, oh, I still had more things to talk about. I said, listen, we ended it where we needed to end it. We're yeah. fine. We'll survive. That man, he can chop it up with sports. <laughs> he can certainly chop it up with sports. There's no doubt about it. 
yeah, so it has been a, it has been a couple of weeks here, and you know since we last spoke, I've recorded two episodes of my show in pursuit of a parlay that I've been doing uh, doing solo. Um, it's both as a podcast and for our YouTube channel. And I just wanted to say thank you to, I, you know, I imagine there's a decent crossover of people who listen to this show and have been listening to that. We were, uh, granted, we also advertised a little bit last week, but, you know, we went from 1.1 thousand people that first episode to like 2.3 to like 7.4. Last week was like something like 17.5 thousand. This week's already 13,000. So, like, thank you guys all. I'm having a blast doing it. Uh, bear with me as I figure some stuff out. I just got the whole thumbnail thing down today, so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna look a little bit better moving forward. We're gonna have the video stuff in the next couple of weeks. I've also got uh, the mock draft show that I'm gonna kick off pretty soon. I've got the the video game show I'm screwing around with. So we've got a ton of stuff. A ton of YouTube content coming soon. At some point, we're going to get you guys doing Better's Delight uh, for YouTube, the YouTube audience as well. Ooh, and, I don't know uh, if they want to see that. Oh, it's, again, <laughs> any opportunity to just check in with Matt and Mike and Greg and you know whoever else is on the show that week is, <laughs> is it's a good op- like I, I I genuinely think, and I've been saying this to you guys for a long time, I think that's going to be a real key to, you know, your show does well already, but I think it's going to take it to the next level. Yeah. Get more eyes on it. Yeah. And it's not even just the eyes. I think it's going to be easier. You know, I like the show because you guys, I've been friends with you guys my whole life. Uh, Well, you know, 20 years of that life. And, but you know, for one thing, you guys do kind of sound similar. Oh, you think? So (laughs) especially you and Matt. Uh, Mike a little bit less, but yeah. So I think once we have more, you know, people can actually see who's talking. There's no confusion or anything like that. I think it's just going to take it to the next level. I think it's going to add to, you know, developing, developing ties to the show, to the enjoyment of the show. Um, I'm excited about it. It's going to, it's going to cost some money to get set up, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. We're excited too. A little look who's talking now situation. I like this. I yeah, that's you know. exactly right. Christy Alley is going to be on the show as well. <laughs> I I don't know if we need all that, but all right, fine. We'll get Devito. Or was Devito? F- Devito was in Look Who's Talking Now. Or Look Who's Talking Too? Isn't there one where there's a baby's talking as well? Well, the baby's or is the talking. Whole show? Look, baby's the whole Look Who's Talking. The whole premise is the baby's talking. But I, I couldn't remember if it was that movie or Baby Geniuses. <laughs> Yeah. That were baby. Now it's, it turns out both both movies were babies talking. Yeah, the whole premise is that the baby talks, but uh, I believe like cat. There's cats and dogs that talk in one of them, and Devito, I, if I remember correctly, plays one of them. Um, <clears throat> just, just I never to, thought it was going to go this way. Yeah, well, here it is. Uh, <laughs> and it's weird. It's weird that you guys went after Christy Alley instead of Danny Devito for the show too. But I mean, your choice. Hey. Uh, just to put a bow on the in pursuit of a parlay thing, we have come so close. Anybody who's been listening knows how goddamn close we've come. A couple of weeks, uh, and me personally, I have missed. Yesterday, I had a little five-team parlay going. Uh, I had the Golden State Warriors beating the Nuggets outright money line. I, that's the one I lost on. 
we hit four out of five. Prior to that, this is this one. Oh my god. I had a 12 team going on the sixth. We hit on the first nine. We got to the 10th game. And uh, a team you're very familiar with, Freya Basket, they, <laughs> uh, they lost on their money line. Uh, they're pretty big favorites against uh, Amonrud Basket. So that hurt. We, we, hit on, we hit on 11 of 12 again, but we missed that 10th game. For, for anybody who doesn't know, Freya Basket, I don't need to tell anybody this, they're a part of the Basket League in Norway. That's Norway's premier professional <laughs> basketball league. So we hit we hit nine we hit eleven out of twelve there, and the day before that was the one that was the most frustrating. We lost. We got to the twelfth game in a twelve team parlay, and the Shanghai Sharks money line killed us. They were like eight and a half point favorites. Took the money line just to get a couple extra dollars in the in the parlay. We got we went eleven for eleven. And then the Shanghai Sharks screwed us. That's that's how this works, dude. It's just how it works. Like I, I will never, ever, ever pick against the Jinlin Northeast Tigers again. That's when that's when you hold that grudge forever against them. <laughs> that's how it is. It's like it's like betting darts, right? So obviously, darts have become a big part of my life and my entertainment over the course of the last month or so. Yeah, but. A lot I, of us have real concerns about that, by the way. I, I believe me, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I have a, I, I ordered darts online. They're currently in France, and they should be here tomorrow. I don't know how that works, but that's what it says. Okay, uh, I have a couple of thoughts on that. One, <laughs> they're not in France right now if they're coming tomorrow. Two, <laughs> well, if they the are la- in France, they are not coming tomorrow. The, the last check-in was uh, in France. So they came from the Netherlands. They went to France. And now uh, I'm assuming they're in the air somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean on their way here. Um, I don't know. You can talk to FedEx. I will. Regardless. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it, no, it's it like there are just certain people or certain teams and certain games, no matter what you do, there is just no way you are getting It's just going to go the opposite way. I have NHL teams like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have players in terms of NBA pr- uh, player props. That it's just, I can never be on the right side. DeAndre Hunter, great example. To not throw out random darts names, I'll give you this one. DeAndre Hunter, picking overs. It's like usually around 13 and a half, 14 and a half in that area in terms of his points, in, you know, in the player prop world. Yeah. And uh, the other night I was like, ah, you know what? Let's just do, let's just do some unders. We'll tag some unders around and we'll see what happens. His number was 12 and a half. At the end of the first quarter, he had 11 points. I think mm-hmm. he went off for like 28 that night. It's just like that's it's just the way it works. Dude, you'll you'll never you'll have go one of those Philadelphia zone, man. I guess, man. I guess that should have been that should have been my first telltale sign. But he had burned me so many times before that it it's just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. I had you're a big fan of the the first basket. Oh yeah. And can I tell you, like we had, we had one really starting to develop in Philadelphia before they made a trade, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Cause I don't think you and I have really talked about it on the show. Um, Tyrese Maxey was a, a first basket lock for the 76ers for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, he was. So, so was the previous point guard. Uh, that's Dana Barrett. 
Uh, yeah, if only. But yeah, no, that that's just the way that they. That's just the way that their their first possessions, especially in their dock, were kind of always built. Mm-hmm. Um, Embiid was is always the heaviest of favorites, but it seems to always be like the guy handling the ball uh, on that first possession is going to go towards the basket uh, almost every single time. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's now dwindled, obviously, with the addition of Harden, but. You know, yeah, it, now it's always come back. Now you just yeah. have to go Embiid. Yeah, and and they know they 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 know how to how to make those odds. It's like usually like most people are anywhere from like plus five to plus eight to plus seven. Some guys you'll look at like plus eleven or twelve hundred, depending on who they are and what their averages are and things like that. Uh, but Embiid's usually like between plus three fifty and three eighty mm. on a normal night, and it's like, all right, well, there's still value there, but is it? It's not as lucrative as as some of the other lines that you look at and get tempted by. For sure. All right, well, let's dig into some of the really big stories from football today. Oh, really? Stuff happened? Yeah, some stuff happened yesterday, too, and we're going to talk about that in a second as well. But let's start with uh, Aaron Rodgers announcing that he'll be playing football for the Green Bay Packers next season, but... He is uh, is fought back on the reports that he signed a four-year... $200 $200 million extension saying today on Twitter, Hey everybody, I just wanted to clear some things up. Yes, I will be playing with the at Packers next year. However, reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate as are the supposed terms of the contract. I quote unquote signed. I'm very excited to be back. Hashtag year 18. He tweeted. So Rogers will stay in green Bay at this point. There is no extension. And they also franchise tag Devontae Adams. I never thought it could get worse than Favre. Yeah. This is worse. Yeah, like this is is worse. It is nothing but drama. Nothing is straightforward. Like everything off the field has to have some sort of caveat, some sort of issue, some sort of problem. And it is unbelievably frustrating. Like, like... Just either play for them or don't. Like, it's it's just, like, I don't care. Like, okay, they reported <laughs> you signed a contract. Ah, I didn't sign a contract. Well, then what are they reporting? Like, yeah. what are they reporting? <clears throat> if you didn't sign a contract, who gave them that information? Like, who did that? I, I just, uh, it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know what to believe anymore when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. I, I have less faith in anything that he says in terms of, what's actually happened than anything else in the world. Right. Like none of it makes any sense. Oh, well, I didn't actually sign this contract, but well, then, then where did they pull the numbers from? Yeah. Like, I'm not even it? actually here right now. That, that's what it feels like. <laughs> it feels like he's in a flotation tank somewhere, just kind of figuring it out. The typing onto the roof of the tank as hey, he's trying don't to knock tweet. sensory deprivation tanks. I'm not, I'm simply no, saying that's what it are. feels I like. I think there is, I think some, some shit just went down, Greg. <laughs> the sensory temp- drawn in the sand, the sensory deprivation tank crowd's going to come after me. Big sensory deprivation tank is <laughs> the, they're already gearing up for a full on attack on Greg Crone. Oh, please bring it. I, I have so many other things going on. It wouldn't, it would be the least surprising thing in my life currently. All those motherfuckers play dirty. <laughs> that wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me in any way. 
Well, that was just one piece of the puzzle today. Shortly thereafter, the Denver Broncos enacted their fallback plan, trading every draft pick they have in the next hundred years, plus quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris to the Seattle Seahawks for quarterback Russell Wilson and, very importantly, a fourth-round pick. Boy, so much for uh, Pete Carroll's guarantee from a week or so ago. Yeah. Saying they're not trading Russell Wilson. That uh, can't really take anybody at their word anymore in the NFL. Yeah, if you can't trust Pete Carroll, I just I don't know who we can trust. I mean, one of the more trustworthy people in terms of the NFL. So very big surprise. I mean, I just here's my issue. If you're Russell Wilson and you have the no trade clause or whatever you have in your contract, how is this the destination you choose? I don't know. Like, it kind of makes sense. Does it? Does it make sense? Maybe in terms of team fit, but in terms of competitiveness, you are going from what was arguably the hardest, uh, the hardest division in your conference Mm -hmm. to now. What is arguably the hardest division in the NFL? Like that is that like it just to me it is a baffling decision to willingly go to the Broncos when you have. 20, what, six-year-old Patrick Mahomes, 28-year-old Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You have 24-year-old, 25-year-old Justin Herbert. Is you he have Derek old? Carr. I don't even think he's that old. I was just guessing and didn't want to be I think Herbert's short. like 22 or 23. Okay, so 23-year-old Herbert. And then you still have Derek Carr looming. So, like, it's... Yeah, Herbert's me, 23. And Herbert... Yeah. Well, I guess he's... A, a very quick happy birthday to Justin Herbert. The Eugene, Oregon product will turn 24 in two days. Well, shout out Justin Herbert. Go Beavs. Um, but it's it's just it's it's just a to me. I don't understand how this is the best destination unless you really think that team is one piece away and that piece is the quarterback. Did they have a decent year? And did they lose games because of quarterback play? Sure. Yeah, they sure did. But now I just don't know. Like I don't. I don't necessarily think that this makes them. I don't think this makes them necessarily a division-winning team. I don't know if their roster is that good. Um, the offense can potentially be that good. I mean, the offense is nothing short of just loaded right now. You've got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. You've got Albert O. You've got Javante Williams. That offense is going to be dynamic. And you know if. <laughs> If Instagram pandering is to be believed, it seems like Von Miller is trying to get himself back to Denver as well. How dare you use KJ Hamler as an example when I've I've been scoffed at on this show on this show for using KJ Hamler as an example of talent I mean, he, on this team. He's the fourth wide receiver that I mentioned. I'm but. I'm simply saying no. I agree with you though. They do have they do have pieces there. That is certainly true. I just. If you want to put yourself in a situation where you are trying to win a second championship, this is a very tough division to get out of. The 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 Chargers didn't even make the playoffs last year. Now, granted, mm-hmm. some of that's their own doing and stupid decisions in, in certain games and things like that, and losing games that they should win, the Texans game, things yeah. like that. But, I mean, it's... I guess maybe you'll think like, oh, well, th- this season will at least have like a third place or pro- actually in this case, a fourth place schedule. So there is an opportunity there, but I don't know, man. It's it's still tough. It's 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 going to be a that's going to be a, a, a division to watch yet again this year. 
The Seahawks are hit with uh, $26 million of dead money for trading Wilson. This is second most all-time behind the $33.8 million the Eagles took for trading Carson Wentz. Eh, I mean, cap hell. Who cares? Yeah, they're also... Uh, Tyler Lockett is also available. And, uh, you know, there's some speculation that they might be willing to move on from Bobby Wagner. Hi, Tyler Lockett. I'd like to introduce Hi, you Bobby to... Hi, Bobby Wagner. To mm. as well. Uh, Bobby Wagner's still good, but he's... It, there's just so much mileage on that that I, I that makes me nervous. 30, he's 31 years old, and, and he had 170 tackles last year. Exactly. It, what you just said exactly proves my point. That he is too productive. <laughs> I mean, those hits add up. No, I mean, I guess I'd be fine. I mean, not I, guess, oh, I yeah, know I would nice. be fine. You'd, you'd be fine to have a potential <laughs> Hall of Fame linebacker join the defense. I would, I would take, I would take Bobby Wagner absolutely. But my other point is, I would also take Tyler Lockett on the opposite side of uh, sure. uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, that's a guy who is one of the more underrated uh, receivers in the league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like he doesn't get nearly the amount of credit he should. And this could be a two years ago fantasy, basically, well, fantasy helping championship move to trade for Tyler Lockett halfway through the season. But he is he is most certainly, most certainly uh, a top-tier wide receiver that would help anywhere that he goes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going wholesale changes, let's see if you can get DK Metcalf. What, what, what are we doing here? Well, DK is still cheap. That's the thing. He's cheap and young. I think they're going to make him the focal point of that offense for whoever the next quarterback is. you got to think, you know, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are very much in play with that Broncos pick right now. Yeah, I mean they have to be. They absolutely have to be. The bigger the bigger concern for whoever whoever goes there is what running back are you going to be handing off to 85% of the time even though the run isn't working. That's yeah. what Russ dealt with for the last 3 years, so why not continue to do that? It's Maybe get a- Alex Collins a couple more carries. I think we should. I think we should. He was underused at Arkansas. It's, hey, listen, you would know better than I would. Um, <clears throat> a couple of big name receivers get uh, get franchised. I mentioned Devontae Adams. Chris Godwin also off the free agent list after getting franchised. Mike Williams would have been, but he signs a three-year $60 million contract. I, the issue I have with that contract is Mike Williams disappeared for half of the season. Yeah, with a like, great quarterback. Yeah, like he he was so good early on. He was like the number one, I guess, I'm getting fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. But he was a top, like in the top five, top three receiver through the first five games of the year. And then he went completely missing for like a solid six weeks. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. Like I'm talking, he went from two touchdowns, 120 yards, you know, those types of games to like one catch for nine yards. Like it, it, it was weird. He had a weird season. Uh, I get why they, they did it to try and lock it up to make sure you still have the Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, you know, connection in, in charger land. But I don't know, man, that's, that's a lot of money to spend on a number two receiver unless you really plan on making him the centerpiece, but you can't with Keenan Allen. Well, a super high-end number two receiver, though, and, and you are right. There was inconsistency in the middle of the season, 
you know, eight for 82 in a touchdown that first week, seven for 91 in a touchdown after that, seven for a buck 22 and two touchdowns after that, one catch for four, yeah, one catch for 11 yards, sorry, eight for a buck 65, then it's two catches, two catches, two catches, four catches, five catches, four catches, five catches. So, I mean, you know, and, he, and he I had get a it. good year. He's just, but he is there is a definite inconsistency there. With that said, very few players in the NFL are as big, physical, and as much of a deep threat as Mike Williams is. Well, it's, yeah, the the talent is definitely there. You just have to be able to do it week in and week out, and you should be able to when you have a quarterback that can consistently get you the ball down the field. Uh, like Herbert's shown that he can make the throws. You have to be able to be open and make the catch. Like that's that's what that looks like. Yeah. So now with the big money on your, on your name, like that is, that's, there is, well, it's Los Angeles and you're the second hmm. team and you didn't win. You're, you're the Los Angeles team that didn't win the Super Bowl last year. So will there be scrutiny? No, but it, it's, it's a very, it changes the dynamic completely in most cases when you get that big, that big money. We've also got two big name players whose teams are trying desperately to trade them right now. First in Dallas, uh, wide receiver Amari Cooper and his gigantic contract extension are on the block. And then, who could have seen this coming? Carolina's willing to listen to offers for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the Cooper one's interesting. I, I don't, $20 million I, a season interesting? Yeah, no, I, maybe. It, because, because he's a guy who is, like, he can consistently produce... When I mean, the whole, knock, to, the whole knock on him was that he was inconsistent up till these past couple of seasons. Right. And that, that things have changed. There's been a material change in the way that, you know, in the way that Cooper's been used by that Dallas offense. The issue is that price tag, though. Is it worth it for a team to go out there and pay that big money for, let's be fair, an aging wide receiver? I mean, he's 27. Uh, Again, but twenty-seven is a lot different than twenty-three. Yeah, it's a it's a weird argument to make, but that's that's what that's what sports essentially becomes is like, oh, you're twenty-seven. Bah, well, past your prime. So that goes. Like it, it's it doesn't make a ton of sense in my eyes. If you can still produce no matter how old you are, I guess I guess it's fine. Like, would I want him on the Eagles? Sure. Do I care about the cap space? Eh, not really. It's not my money. As long as we get under the cap and we add a guy who can draw any sort of attention away from Devontae Smith, I'll take it. I'd probably just make the trade for Tyler Lockett. But sure, it's, it's funny because uh, also Allen Robinson's interesting to me. But it's funny because I was watching the combine and the NFL Network guys were just gushing about, you know, this receiver class is so good. It's so deep. And like you have to think that it's going to impact free agency. The guys are going to be less willing to spend big money and free agency on these guys when you can get, you know, a good receiver in the third or fourth round at a fraction of the cost. And then Mike Williams gets $20 million a season. Yeah, it's. And again, the draft is such a crapshoot. Yeah. For every year that you get. Like the DK Metcalf, the, the oh, Greg, it's as easy as for every year is you get you get a Devonte Smith. There's two other years where you get a JJ Arthaga Whiteside or a Jalen Rager. <laughs> well, yeah, even even with the high picks though, I mean, watch Detroit. Look at Detroit. That run where they just kept drafting receivers in the top three. Well, one of them worked out pretty well, but the other two were Roy Williams and Mike Williams. Yeah, they, those those did not work out anywhere near as good as Calvin Johnson. So, oh, and was Charlie Rogers in that? 
Charles Rogers, I believe, was also in that mix. Oh, Charlie Rogers may or may not have a giant cocaine problem, and well, may hey. or may not have been the reason his NFL career didn't work out. So yeah, that didn't didn't hit home runs there. But hey, they got that that receiver from Georgia Tech, and he was pretty good. <laughs> That's most certainly alleged on Charles Rogers. A hundred percent alleged. <laughs> but no, I agree. It one 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 out of four in that particular case it wasn't that bad. It didn't really bring them a ton of team success. But it certainly got them, it certainly sold them jerseys and whatnot. So I will give you that. Well, let's go from one Alabama receiver to another. The big story of yesterday before the craziness of today was that the NFL has suspended Calvin Ridley for at least the 2022 NFL season for gambling on football. How'd you feel about this one? I mean, it's a hell of a decision. Uh here's here's my issue. I mm. get I get the integrity of the game side of it. Yeah. Like I, you have to, if you are the NFL, you have zero choice, but to absolutely ensure that the integrity of the game that people already doubt right. can, you know what I mean? Like Especially people already, with all the Stephen Ross stuff going on. Yeah. Like it, there's always, there, there's always questions regardless of it is it's sports entertainment versus, I mean, NFL rigged it, it, it trends every Sunday in the fall. Yeah. Like that's that's how it works. Um, but it's like it is. He's not playing. He's not playing. He's not involved in the games. He supposedly has zero inside information. He's that's, betting on the Falcons to win. I, I listen. I said he's supposedly. Yeah. I I tend to agree with you. Again, alleged. Um, but it's. Like, I, it, it, yeah, it's such a difficult situation to be in. I have th- those facts coming out. I have less of an issue with it, but I understand why there has to be a severe penalty for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the text I sent you was he just Pete Rose himself. Yeah, and he very well could have. And then the worst thing you could possibly do is then hop on Twitter to try and defend anything. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're never gonna look good, but. I feel like he would have had an argument if he didn't include the Falcons. Yeah, absolutely. The way the way the, well, the way things spiral out on Twitter and the way Twitter can just clown you to absolute you know smithereens, which happened uh, yeah. in his case. But you're right. Don't include the Falcons. It's a different conversation. It is. It just is. You can't yeah. bet on the team you're associated with. You can't bet on anybody if you're an active athlete. Uh, in terms of your sport, but you most certainly, most certainly can't bet on the team you're associated with. For sure, but it, I like. I feel like it's a, there's an argument to be made if a guy who is not playing bets on another team that isn't involved with Atlanta. Yeah, like it's, no, I agree. It's dumb. It's unquestionably dumb, and it shows horrible judgment. But I get it. Like, I it wouldn't have been nearly as big a deal. No, not even a little bit. I think. I think that it would have been not swept under the rug, but it would have been a little bit less of a, <coughs> excuse me, a little bit less of a talking point. I don't uh, think he gets suspended currently. for the whole season if if the Falcons aren't involved. Yeah, I agree because again, it goes back to that integrity of the game conversation. It's it's a ridiculous. It's it's something that the NFL, jeez, ha- NFL has <laughs> to maintain to continue to keep the sport at the height of its popularity and continuing to rise, the games have to be known that there isn't any shady stuff. And, and I think 
I, I, it, it stinks that it's going to be this way, but I guarantee you this isn't the first, the first person this is going to happen to. It's going to happen. These things happen. What happened two years ago? Well, again, but the, my point is, is that now that gambling is so much more prevalent in the public sphere, like, yeah. and by that I mean, like, obviously gambling always existed, but it was more underhanded. It was more, you know, it, you got to find a bookie, this and that. Now, like, oh yeah, you know, Calvin really just bet from his cell phone. Like, that's it. He just bet from his cell phone, filled out uh, the application to get into the the betting app or whatever he was using, and. There it yeah. is. It's, you know, it is what it is. And I do wonder if it was a legal gambling site. I don't know if they gave those details. If it was a legal gambling site or if it was, you know, some sort of uh, other situation. Because then I wonder if, if, like, how did this come up? Like, who who dropped the dime in this situation? Well, okay, so I, uh, for, I don't have this in front of me, and I'm going to be paraphrasing from memory. But one, the, the only reason that, he, that this even got triggered, the NFL has a process. I think it's called Genius. Uh, it's a, a service that automatically like that checks all of the gambling things from certain websites and who's, who's placing these bets. And one of the reasons that this got triggered, I encourage everyone to go look this up themselves because I'm giving you like 4% of the information. But one of the reasons it got triggered for Ridley was that he was uh, he was uh, he, i think he was in a state where gambling was illegal and or something along those lines if he would have bet i remember reading that if he would have bet from his house he wouldn't have gotten in trouble because it wouldn't have triggered the uh the check i explained it horribly everybody go look this up yourselves <laughs> But yeah, it, it has all it has everything to do with a system a system running in the background to check all of this stuff. Well, what's crazy is, is though, is some of those apps you can be in, like you could be in a legal state, and I get the trigger like randomly all the time, like, oh hey, uh, your location can't be verified. So like yeah. that could have happened by accident, and you'd have no could idea. Could have happened by accident. I saw a, a funny tweet. I don't remember who it was from. I apologize for not giving credit for it. But the person said that uh, Calvin Ridley is the worst gambler of all time. He he bet a hundred. He bet fifteen hundred dollars and lost seventeen million. One of one of the best tweets. One of the absolute. That's a that is that is an up there tweet with with literally uh, the best that you can get because it's dead on accurate. It's the absolute most accurate thing you could possibly see. Like you you literally. Like you say, you bet fifteen hundred dollars, and there it is. It's now you're now completely done, completely yeah. done for a year, and cost yourself a year's worth of salary. And he is, you know, he another guy. He came into the league late. He's twenty seven years old already. Yeah, it, it goes back to that. It goes back to that age conversation. He's twenty seven, and it feels like that's going to be very old. Now you miss a year, and I know his attitude is, ah, well, now I just got another year. I'll be super healthy when I get back. Yeah. It's if you get back. That's a that's a tough one to overcome. Yeah, he's he's gonna get. They're gonna let him back in. There, it's it just this this isn't the Pete Rose time. This the the NFL can't deal with the hypocrisy of you know every single game you watch. There's 15 gambling ads, and one of their guys gambles on his team to win, and he never gets to play again. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. It's 
man, it is going to be an interesting. It's going to be interesting how this plays out. This is this isn't I, like Pete Rose calling his bookie from the dugout. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. With with the access to gambling though that everybody has now, this is just not. It's not the first time. One of the one of the coolest, not coolest, but one of the more interesting documentaries series that I watched is there's. There's uh, one on Netflix, and I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it, it details like bad people in sports, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily bad people, but legal situation in sports. And one of the episodes is about uh, this dude, Headache Smith, who played at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I saw. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Dude, that is one of the coolest documentaries. And a story that I really didn't know, because again, it happened when I was much younger, not not the biggest ASU fan. Probably wasn't allowed to stay up late to to watch the West Coast games yeah. uh, that often during that time period. But like, I mean, that that temptation is going to come around again. You do kind of wonder if, at least from a from a I say amateur, but from a college level perspective, if the NIL will help refrain people from doing things like that or going that route. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of variables now with these kind of things and with gambling so heavily involved all over the place. I, I it makes you wonder about what what's going to happen going forward. For sure. All right, Greg. Before we get out of here, let's talk about the first couple of weeks of one James Harden's tenure with the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers five and zero when Harden plays. They're averaging 122 points per game. They, uh, to put the, put it in perspective, they scored 120 or more points seven times this season, leading up to uh, the Harden trade. Since Harden has been on the team, they have scored in excess of 120 points in each of the five games he's played. I mean, what can I say? It's the best. It's the absolute best. And and the only real takeaway that I have is I hate that we sat him for a back-to-back. I understand why. Uh, so before you lecture and tell me why, I get it. I hate that. I hate every second of it. I hate the scheduled loss. I hate just all everything about that and the competitiveness. I know we need him healthy for the playoffs. Yeah. I understand all that. It just bothers me to my core to essentially be like, Oh, this game just doesn't matter. Like I was, it was what was it Saturday night that game was? Yep. I, I'm sitting in my house. Uh, uh, my wife was out, uh, and so was uh, one of my kids. They were they were out, and I got that notification at like five o'clock that he wasn't going to play. And I was like, well, I'm just, I mean, I'm not even going to turn that game on because I don't have an interest in that team without the full roster. And I think that that hurts the NBA. Not my particular individual viewing of it, but just overall. Like, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. It sucks. It always sucks when the best players don't play. I'm going to lose my goddamn shit uh, eight days from now if James Harden or Joel Embiid doesn't play in this game against Cleveland that I'm going to. I will lose my shit. But with that said, you know, looking at how he played on Friday, it seemed like he was he was uh, a step slow. It seemed like something, it was bothering him. I was perfectly fine with sitting him. The guy has played in five of six games. They've won all five. He's averaging 24.6 points per game, 12.4 assists, uh, 1.2 steals, 7.6 rebounds. Like he is 
he is everything that we hoped he would be and a ton more. I mean, yeah, it's it's this is what you always hoped that you could find and pair up with Joel Embiid. It is legitimately exactly what you wanted. You needed yeah. the guy who could give who could spread the floor on his own, create his own offense, get everyone else involved. Like this is and elevate everyone's play, right, oh, yeah. from that ball-handling position. Except for Tobias Harris. He's the only guy who can't seem to elevate his play. It may be Korkmaz. Um, yeah, he needs to be gone. But Yeah, well, we said that two years ago. Um, well, he was. They weren't going to re-sign him, and then they signed him to that super cheap deal. It's that Bielitsa move uh, where he that backed guy. out. Um, but, yeah, it's it's everything you hoped Ben Simmons would have become. And not even as prolific of a score, because that's not really what it is. But, like, being able to get everyone involved and and have everyone elevate their play to a level that that makes this team a legitimate contender. And that's – this move, as long as people stay healthy, this move makes the Sixers a legitimate contender. Now, the playoffs, obviously, it's a tighter game. It's a little bit different. You have to see how that plays out, and there has to be adjustments. This is where coaching needs to come into play as crunch time happens. Wah, wah. Yeah, that's that's the biggest concern. Um, to to put it as uh, one of the one of the English darts announcers said, sure. Uh, for a pressured filled situation, uh, the playoffs will be squeaky butt time, and that is that is where it's. Un- an unbelievable turn of phrase, Chris. Yeah, also the name of your sex tape. <laughs> well, hey. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's where the show's going. Um, but it is it is one of those things where, like, it, the, all eyes are going to be on Doc for the playoffs. Like, that's just going to be... He's going to be the reason sort of win or lose. Yeah. Um, it, so, you just, you just got to hope. You just got to hope and pray that he doesn't just sit idly by and let a series slip away by not adjusting to what the other teams are giving him. And he has a very good track record of not adjusting. So I really, I, that that is the part that makes me the most nervous because the team with the emergence of Maxi and the way he has elevated his play. Even I love since that guy so much. To, I mean, I've never been, I, I'm wrong a lot and I admit when I am wrong, I was 100% wrong. I let the gambling gods cloud my judgment from the year of hell from Kentucky in terms of covering with Tyrese Maxey mm. to when that pick happened being just being just 100% dead wrong about saying that this was a bad pick and hand up. I can admit when I'm wrong. Yeah, I'll, I was I'll wrong. jump on that bandwagon too. You're not alone. I, I desperately wanted the 76ers to draft Tyrell Terry from Stanford. Listen, we can both, we can both agree to be agree to be wrong together, admit it and, and get it out there while we while we can. I'm I'm fully okay with that. Yeah, he is he is such a delight. Now, if only the people in my life who said that Jalen Rager would be a Philly fan favorite uh on draft day and said he was the perfect fit over Justin Jefferson, if only those people would stand up and admit their wrongdoings. Then then only then will I be vindicated for all of the bad takes. I didn't say that, did I? Oh, I don't know. I'm not saying it was you. Okay. Someone in my life did. Oh. How dare they? Listen. How dare they? But yeah, oh, no. Harden is, he is just, it, you don't understand how good he is until he's on your team. And also, like, I, I feel like 
while it would have been amazing to have James Harden four years ago, he came at the right time because it really does feel like he just wants to win. Like he doesn't really care if Joel's the guy. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. The attitude so far is, is like, let's just go win. We need to get a title. I don't care who scores the most points. The only, the only thing that matters is that we have more points at the end of the game. The other team does. However we get there doesn't matter. And that's what you needed. What what really, sorry, no, go ahead. No, I'm going into a tangent, so go. Oh, I was just, well, so am I. I was going to say, what what bums me out the most is that this deal didn't get done at the deadline last year. All right, it, but but at the same time, that deal cost you Tyrese Maxey. Uh, it's true. Goddamn. And Matisse Thybul. Yeah, the Sixers I'm, I'm less concerned about that. I don't know. He's he's so important for defensively, and, and James Harden's actually made him playable. He's averaging almost 12 points a game playing with Harden. Didn't he have zero points last Friday night? Uh, he's. I'm not saying he's great every game. Okay, but, I'm but just making he's sure. Leaps and bounds better than where he was. Um, yeah, that would have cost you. That would have cost Simmons, Maxi, Thibel, and three first round picks. Yeah, probably, probably the right the right call to not do it. Then, I don't know. It's. I just it it'll it'll always. The way that the the draw broke last week last year was just so enticing, mm, so enticing to think about. But you know, it is what it is. We have him now. Let's just move on. Which I know Thursday is not going to be a move on situation. <laughs> I I'm so I'm I'm already dreading. I'm did, worried. Did you see, yeah, me too. Did, did you see the article about? Uh, they're going to use this as a way to try to get some of his money back. Like oh, I forget having like people in the stands throwing stuff at him and stuff like that. Dude, the first person that does that, every fan that around that person, if anybody does something stupid like that, which I really hope doesn't happen because yeah. it's where, where was John Thomas during all of this? Yeah. But like, come on, yeah, John. exactly, exactly. But if that, if that were to happen, like, I would hope that every Sixers fan around that person just beats the shit out of that person because it yeah. is it it is completely unnecessary at this point seeing what we've seen now from James Harden we should thank Ben Simmons for what he did literally well, I think it would be way more fun if you know you gave the thunderous applause to Seth Curry and to Andre Drummond that they deserve and then Anytime Ben Simmons is shown or anytime Ben Simmons is addressed in any way, complete silence. Yeah, just ignore it. Just like, do not make a, a sound. I know it's, it's not like going to happen. It's like library quiet in there. It'd be awesome. That would be amazing. It would be amazing. It's, it would never happen in a million years because there's too many like, oh, fuck this dude guys out there. But... It's, You're describing most of South Philadelphia. I'm describing most of my, my, my most of my friends. <laughs> uh, I'm describing me like three weeks ago. Well. I've I've turned over the leaf. I don't care anymore. I, this is I care less about Ben Simmons than I did about the Carson Wentz situation. And Ben Simmons caused me much more heartache in terms of being a Philly sports fan than Carson Wentz ever could have. It's smart like, having him there though, and. Having him get that first time back in Philadelphia out of the way when he's not playing. I guess. I think it's still going to be different when he's actually playing. Of course it is, but I don't think it's going to be as bad. I think it's going to be 15 to 20% better than it would have been if that was the first time. 
he was back in Philly. And like, look, when we're getting out rebounded constantly, do I miss Ben Simmons? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do I miss him when we're playing no perimeter defense? Yeah. Yeah, I do. There's the, the athleticism is not amazing, but then I see those videos Saw that video where he is shooting in the background with LaMarcus Aldridge in the foreground, and you see him just trying to make a shot from eight feet away, and he can't do it. Oh, that was brutal. That's a, yeah. You almost, I mean, like, I really do. Like, I kind of almost feel bad. Like, yeah. because, and, 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 like, there's clearly an issue. Like, this is not, that is not the same shooting motion, the same player the same whatever it was at LSU or the summer league or when he first started. Like it is yeah. things have changed in a way that I don't understand. And maybe He's I'll never understand head. it. Yeah. It, it It's, it's not block, not being able to throw the first base. It's Rich and Keel, like, Gregory. That's exactly what I was going to say next. Like I had to switch position. He had to go be an outfielder. Yeah, but he was actually kind of an okay outfielder. He actually, so. yeah. He, I mean, he got, he got paid to be an outfielder for several years. Yeah. I mean, with that said, I think Ben Simmons would also be a pretty good power forward or a pretty good center. Yeah. The problem, and, and it does almost go back to the way we hype players coming into the league. Like... When you're hyped as like the next LeBron, yeah, that's that you're like. Let's be fair, there you're not going to live up to that 99 percent of the time. No it's matter who than, you the are, the number is way higher than that. 99.99 percent. Yeah, like there, there, there will be a next best player in the league or next, you know, generational player who lands in that conversation of. Kareem, Jordan, Bird, Magic, Embiid. LeBron, and sure, um, but you understand <laughs> what I'm saying. Like there will be that next player. It, it when we try to put that on someone who who may be well, that, you're never going to live up to it. Look at Amani Bates right now. Yeah, it, Memphis probably isn't even going to make the NCAA tournament, and he left the team. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't even know that, so that's even yeah, worse. No, that was a disaster. Penny Hardaway is a disaster as a coach, but it that's... has not worked out. No, he's just a really bad coach. The, the He should have never, ever, ever let Amani Bates play point guard. I don't know why Jalen Duran signed with that team. It w- to go If you're a big guy, the most important thing for you is to have guard play, and they have none. Penny's just awful. The lineups are awful. It's crazy that he almost got the magic job. Well, but, he, it's the, 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 the successful AAU coach who could bring players yeah, and, and I'm the, a very successful CYO coach for well, the exact no, that, same reason, but I didn't get I didn't get hired at Penn State. Well, again, but that's my point is is that they see you know Memphis Memphis. When's the last time they mattered? Wiseman, but then Wiseman got suspended or whatever, missed that year. So then prior to that, it's Derrick Rose versus Kansas in 2008. Yeah. Like that's the last time Memphis basketball legitimately mattered. So. You make the splash move thinking this is going to bring us recruits. This is going to make us a better team because we have, you know, the number four recruiting class in the country and we're signing top 50s and top 100 recruits constantly because of Penny Hardaway. The, the, the devil's usually in the details in those situations and being able to strategize and being a college basketball is different than AAU, just like the NBA is different than college basketball. It's just, it's just a different, it's a different game entirely. And it's crazy. Like, you know, Rashid is there, but more importantly, Larry Brown's there. Like, how does Larry Brown not see that you have a problem? I'm sure he does, but let's, you know, 
how much is he re- how much say does he really have in that situation? I, I mean, there's no way you bring in Larry Brown, a literal Hall of Fame NBA coach, and he doesn't have input. I'm sure he has input, but how much is it taken? How much is it taken? Like uh, I, I understand, I respect Larry Brown's opinion. You respect Larry Brown's opinion. Anybody who you know and has been around basketball, if you would think that 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 would be the case, but you never know what guys think. True. You never know if Penny Hardaway listens to Larry Brown talk and goes, "Man, like I get it, but you don't understand it." Like, like they, you know, we just don't know the dynamics internally of what that looks like. I mean, I think it's pretty it's obvious that it, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Well. Regardless, thrilled to have Harden in Philadelphia. Uh, looking forward to this game on Thursday. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next dominoes to drop in, in the NFL in the coming days. Yeah, man. It's, it, it, I think the biggest loser of the weeks currently is baseball. Like, that is yeah. no one cares. But don't worry, Chris. We're going to get those bases just a little bit bigger. That's what uh, we're worried about. I don't hate the pitch clock, I will say. No, I don't pitch, hate clock's the pitch clock. Fine. Let's go. I don't need to watch th- this bullshit. That's why I get bored watching baseball. But I don't know. Do you think this... What is your gut feeling, real quick, before we get out of here? Do you think this thing gets resolved anytime soon? No, I think it's going to continue to drag on because the owners are just dumb. Like, they don't realize... And I, I can't... I, I mean, I walked around my house saying this out loud hundreds of times to myself and my wife. Like, uh-huh. Like... They just don't realize how quickly they're speeding up the process of their sport dying. Right. Like they just don't get it. They do not get it. It does not make a lick of sense what they're doing. It is hard enough to keep the attention span of people on anything. It literally, you remember Joe Exotic? Remember that? Hey, I watched Tiger King too. Yeah. And I, and I watched the other one. But how, how little do people pay attention to that now? Like that's I mean, they that's, literally just had a Tiger King too, like four months ago, and no one cared. Literally, no one cared. No one talked about it. No one cared. Remember making a murderer? I Remember watched that? both of them. <laughs> Again, I did too. How how much do people care now? People move on very quickly from things. Baseball disappears. You miss half a season. Less people come back. That's just how yeah. it works. And and plus. Your your your, I mean your target your target demographic is obviously younger people, but the demographic that actually pays attention and watches baseball is dying older, off every day. Exactly, it's an older demographic. Do I think that what they did with the Apple TV Plus deal that they announced today is a good thing? Absolutely. Get games on platforms where young people may accidentally run into it. Like yeah. it's an interesting thing to at least try. And if Apple's going to give you money, you might as well do it. It's a really, it's a really cool way to try and ingratiate yourself. But also, like, there just has, they just have to be better and get back on the damn field. Like, let's right. go, let's go. All right, well, we're gonna get back on the damn podcast this time <laughs> next week. But until then, I've been Chris Hordell. He's been Greg Crone. This has been You're Wrong, and here's why. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.